Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Come on, let's just start by praising the Lord on this morning. Let's just start our service by giving God praise. Glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah to your name, Lord Jesus. We worship and adore you. You are a great God. We just can't say how much we love you and we thank you for being better to us than we could ever be to ourselves. We thank you, Lord, that you are so good and you have blessed us to be back on the campus of worship one more time. Amen. To God be all the glory. Let us repeat together the mission of Roanoke-Salem Missionary Baptist Church. Go ye therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. Now, uh, just in case you don't know, uh, Derek and April say that the transponder is working. So, if you're in your cars and you want to roll up your windows so you can cut the heat on whatever, what's the signal, what's the frequency again, Derek? Go to, on your FM dial, on your FM radio dial, go to 90.3. Go to 90.3, and you should be able to pick this service up live right now. So if you want to roll, I mean, if your windows are down and you're comfortable, that's fine. But if you want to be able to roll your windows up and have your heat on and still hear the service, go to 990.3 on your radio dial in your car, and you should be able to hear the service live. Amen. Gonna ask the um, musicians to give us an opening selection, and then we'll continue on with the service.
sound good. You've been sounding good on Facebook the last few Sundays, but you sound even better when I'm right here with you. <laughs> to God be the glory. want to um, welcome everyone to service this morning. Church family, welcome you. It's appropriate to say welcome to our church family members. Why? Because you don't have to be here. You could stay home or you could go someplace else, but you have committed yourselves to Roanoke Salem. And so you show up. And so first of all, to my church family, welcome. For those who are on the parking lot this morning and you're visiting, whether you're from another church or not, we welcome you too. When you drive up on this parking lot, on this campus, as some people might call it, you're not a stranger. You are part of our church family. More importantly, you're part of the body of Christ. So that makes us brothers and sisters anyway. So we welcome you and thank you for being here. And for those who may be watching live now, wherever you may be, we certainly welcome you as well. And thank you for taking time out of your morning. You have many, many, many options, and we know that. But we appreciate you making time and feeling like you wanted to uh, watch our service and share in the service of Roanoke Salem Missionary Baptist Church this morning. So on behalf of uh, the church family, I welcome you as well. Want to say happy birthday to everybody that's born in the month of December. I know we're already into the month, but whether your birthday is already passed or whether it's yet to come, happy birthday to you all. And let me just share this kind of a sidebar, but it is related. I had a conversation with um, Deacon Tony Cheek uh, from Evangelistic Church Deliverance on yesterday, because we knew that uh, his dear sweet mama, uh, Sister Cheek, has a birthday this month. So. Uh, Tony says that if the Lord allows on Christmas Day, Sister Cheek will be 100 years old. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Amen. You all know there's a special, well, the church family knows there's a very special and close relationship between these two church families. But, uh, but, they're gonna act, but the church family is going to actually celebrate her birthday on December the 13th. So I, I'll just share that with you as well. So those who may want to send cards or whatever you may want to do, they're going to celebrate. The church is going to celebrate her birthday on December 13th, and we believe the Lord will let her see Christmas Day, and she will turn 100 years old. Um, I have a few announcements I want to make real quickly. First of all, let me start with this one. Um, words are inadequate to really echo our sentiments since the passing of our beloved husband, grandfather, godfather, brother, and uncle, Nathaniel Nate Osby Jr. Our spirits have been lifted because of the many acts of kindness received from each of you. It is our prayer that God will richly bless and keep each of you in his loving and tender care. And this is from Sister Lola and the Osby family and the Sykes family. So certainly, Lola, you know that um, we love you and that our church family, like all, our, uh, all of our church members that lose a, a loved one, we're going to do all, we're, we're here and we're willing to do all we can to 
continue to support you spiritually, emotionally, and any other way through this time. I want to just take a moment of personal privilege and uh, just acknowledge the fact that today, uh, first Sunday in December, is the fourth anniversary of my being pastor of Roanoke-Salem. And I want to thank the church family for having given me the opportunity. Well, thank the Lord Jesus for elevating me and thank the church family for uh, trusting me through these past four years. I have been humbled and I have been blessed to be the pastor of such a wonderful group of believers and followers of Jesus Christ. I love you all dearly. Look, even when we, even when we don't agree, I don't stop loving you in Christ. And I pray that you don't stop loving me if there's something I say or do that you have an issue with. But I do want you to know I love you all and I thank you and I, I'm just blessed to, to be the pastor of such a wonderful church. Uh, I want to also thank the church family for your giving in 2020. In spite of COVID-19 and the challenges that it has brought to people personally, and certainly it has impacted church families beyond just not being able to come and have worship service indoors. Uh, it has impacted us in many other ways, and financially it's one of them. You all know that. Uh, but still, in spite of that, you all, Roanoke-Salem members, and many who have given who are not members, uh, we have done extremely well. Ex I mean, beyond our wildest expectation considering. And so I want to just say to each of you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being obedient unto the Lord and faithful to your commitment to continue to give your tithes and offerings. Some of you, when we start a parking lot course, you give it on Sunday here. Some of you send it to the church. Some of you bring it to the church. Some of you... Um, uh, some of you do it online. Whatever way you decide to give, I just want to say to every member, thank you, thank you, thank you. God is pleased. God is pleased with you for your obedience to his word. And on that note, let me just go ahead and announce right now, we'll have a robocall later on the week. I'd like to have a parking lot conference meeting. You know, we only had one this year, and I want to have the last one before the end of this year. I'd like to have a parking lot conference meeting this Thursday, this Thursday, which will be December the 10th, at 3.30 in the afternoon. Parking lot conference meeting this Thursday at 3.30. And the main point on, on that agenda is to share with you a proposed budget for 2021 and prayerfully uh, to get your approval of our proposed budget for 2021. I want to ask the church family members and those visiting too and those who may be listening by way of uh, live streaming to consider doing this. Food Line is, uh, has put together some $5 food boxes in their stores. I haven't been into any of the local stores uh, in the last 30 days or more, so I don't know if they're in our local food lines or not. They should be. But Food Line has put together, they're advertising on TV that they have uh, some, some food boxes for five dollars, and I want to just encourage some of you in terms of thinking about what you might do to help somebody and continue to bless somebody during this holiday season. Buy one or two of those food boxes. If you can just buy one, buy one. But buy two or three if you can, and then either you know, of course, if there's somebody you already know, you can share it with. That's wonderful. 
if you don't know a, have, know of a particular individual family, bring a food box here to the church. We'll put it in our food pantry because, again, we're, we are restocking our food pantry. So that's just an idea. I'm, I'm just suggesting if you would please consider to purchase one of those $5 food boxes. And, of course, if you want to just give from wherever you want to buy, you know, canned goods and, and, and all these non-perishable items, we certainly welcome them as well. But I just want you to know that uh, for $5, I don't know what's in the box. I guess if you get a box, you'll see what's in it. But for $5, you can get a food box that you can either share with someone or if you sew the shoes, bring it to the church and we'll put it in our food pantry. Um, I already told you about the parking lot conference. I mean, the last thing I want to share is um, at the end of service, please stop by and pick up your small gift. That's, that's, that's what's written here. Pick up your small gift from April Allen on your way out. April, where do you want to stop by at? Where, where do you want to, like, come through here? Right just through here on the side over there or where? Okay. So on your way out after service, April has a gift for, for people, for all of us. So she's asking, if you will, come right here in the front and stop, and she'll give you the gift. She and her daughter, I'm sure, and some of the others are helping. And uh, she has a gift. April, thank you so much in advance for whatever it is you have uh, chosen to give to the church family. We thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. With that said, now we're going to go ahead and have offering. And we're going to ask you to prepare your hearts to give. I'm sorry, look, the correction, I thought about it, so let me make sure I make this correction right now. Uh, the gift is from the church, I, because I read this wrong, I guess. The gift is from the church. Uh, Miss Jean and Peggy put these together last week, so these are, this is actually a gift from the church to all of you, so I want to make sure I make that correction. Miss Jean, thank you. Peggy, thank you. Uh, they put these together last week, so this is actually, April's going to hand them out. But they are gifts from the church that Miss Peggy and Miss Jean put together for our church family and visitors and visitors as well. Yeah, yeah, not just not just our church family. If you're visiting today, you can stop by and pick up one as well. So, thank you. But, but thank you, Lord, for making sure I've corrected that. Amen. Anyway. 
I'm standing on your promise. I'm existing on your word. Everything that I speak, he will give it, he give it to me. Now that it's the Father's real good pleasure that the kingdom said it might. Thank you so much for your liberal giving.
God be all the glory. If you've decided to make Jesus your choice, you've made the best choice you could ever make in your life. Man knows a lot, and man can do a lot, but the only thing we know is what the Lord has allowed us to know. And there are things we can't do and we will never do because Jesus won't allow us to do it. He knows, he knows we can't handle some knowledge. When nobody else is there, as the older saint said when I was a boy, in, in, in the midnight hour, whether you're laying in your bed, shedding tears, or walking the floor, if you call on the name of Jesus, he'll show up. 
and he'll comfort you, and he'll answer your prayers. Do I have a witness that Jesus is, Jesus is always on time? Amen. Amen. To God be the glory. Before we launch right into the service, I want to just take one more uh, minute, and I want to thank every person who has um, reached out to Julia and myself during uh, my illness and my recovery, and I have to include Julia because Julia has been going through this thing just like I have. She's, she has been literally right there every step of the way, so I hope you pray for her as much as you pray for me. Matter of fact, I hope you pray for her more than you pray for me because, um, you know, she has just gone above and beyond what she had to do. You know, people say, well, you know, you marry, I'm supposed, you're supposed, well, folks supposed to do a whole lot of stuff they don't do. And uh, my wife has just been a, a, a tremendous blessing. Even, even after 31 years, um, I didn't realize that God could take her blessing to me to a new level. But I promise you all, these, these last three months, these last three to four months have, he's opened my eyes and said, you better appreciate what you got, boy because I gave you the best, and so uh, I want to say that publicly. And then again, I want to thank every one of you all who has sent cards, and you've called. You, some of you have come by the house, and you know, initially we didn't need a lot of people by, but a few have stopped by. You called first and said, can we stop by? Um, like I said, cards and calls and prayers and texts, and just want to say thank you. want to say thank you. It has meant so much to us to know uh, that so many people, both members of Roanoke-Salem and those who are not, care enough about us uh, to want us to know that they're praying for us, they are concerned, people have offered to do all kinds of things to help us, and they have, and so I just want to say thank you to everybody for that. Uh, let me share with you now, let's, let's have morning prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this opportunity to stand once again uh, behind your holy dais and to share what you've given to me. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and redeeming. Lord, I'm praying for humanity everywhere, unsaved as well as saved. Help us all, Lord God. We know you're helping us, but continue to love us enough and care about us all enough to help us through this crisis, Lord. And not only crisis in the world, some of us are having crises in our own homes, in our own personal lives. But Lord Jesus, we know you are able and you are willing to help us if we'll just trust and depend on you. We don't know how, when, and where you'll do it. All we got to know and believe is that you shall do it because you said you would. In your name we pray, amen. The scripture lesson for today is from um, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. I'm going to be reading this from the New King James Version. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. These are the words. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And, and just for a very few minutes, I just want us to reason together on this thought, spiritually steadfast, spiritually steadfast. There's no doubt that 2020 will be remembered as one of the most significant years in the history of the world. 
the COVID-19 virus has forced all humanity to change the way we live. Still, still, even with 66 million infections and 1.5 million deaths around the world, there are still people who refuse, and I, I, don't, I don't even know what to say about folks like this, but there are still people who refuse to follow doctors and scientists' recommendations on how we can protect ourselves and protect others. And, and that's the thing that's so distressing to me. Even if you think you're okay, you, you ought to have enough decency. You ain't got to be saved. You ought to have enough decency in you to want to try to protect and make sure somebody else is safe. But, I mean, we are who we are as human beings. Some of these people who refuse to follow doctors and scientists' recommendations, some of them are even Christians. Uh, and they believe that any restrictions placed on their actions is a violation of their rights. So while the debate continues over how much authority governments should have to limit the actions of citizens, while COVID infection rates continue to rise in the U.S. and around the world, while people continue to die from the virus, while people are anxious and afraid and angry because they don't have jobs, they, they don't have enough food, they, they don't have enough money, what should Christians do to help people? What should we be doing as Christians to help people? Here's the answer. The answer is we should remain spiritually steadfast. We have to remain spiritually steadfast. To be steadfast means to stand firm. Stand firm with your legs locked and your back straight and your eyes focused. To, to be steadfast means to stand firm. I, I want to acknowledge right now, I want to just take a minute to acknowledge all the, the, the people who are heroes who have been steadfast in a natural sense. They've been steadfast in the midst of this global crisis. Amen. Frontline workers in hospitals and clinics and, and nursing homes. First responders, our law enforcement community, bless them. Firefighters and EMTs. And then there are those other heroes. We don't see them and talk about them as much, but they're just as important to us. The people who work in warehouses where supplies and, and all are, are kept. Right now, talk about distributing uh, uh, vaccines once the FDA approves. Somebody's got to be able to ship them out. Somebody's got to carry them where they need to go. Somebody's got to receive them and make sure that they're kept well. Well, that's the folks in the, who work in the warehouses, um, people who drive trucks or, or vans or planes to, to, to get things where they need to go, the folks who work in stores, the, the, the people who cook food and, and give it away, or, or the people who volunteer to work at food banks. And we've got folks at Roanoke-Salem, and I know some of you from other places too, you've done both. You've cooked food, your own food, and just given it to people that you knew need some food, needed some food. And, and some of you have volunteered for years at different food banks, not just the recent food banks that have been going on the last three, four months, and you've done that too, but we've got some members that have been working out of a food bank in Jackson for like 20 years now, fourth Monday, every, the fourth Monday every month. They've been working at a food bank that distributes food, food to people all over the county for 20 years. Amen. All of you all folks are heroes. You're heroes, and you put yourselves at risk for the rest of us. 
And oftentimes you put yourself at risk without enough uh, personal protection equipment. You put yourself at risk by not, sometimes you don't get enough sleep. Uh, you put yourself at risk because you don't have quality time. You're not able to spend as much quality time with your own families. And, and I salute all of you, and I, I pray that Jesus Christ will continue to protect and sustain, su sustain you. Amen. Many Christians are frontline workers and first responders, too. They are steadfast in doing their natural job. And thank God they are steadfast. Thank God they are committed. But Christians are also spiritually steadfast. We stand firm in knowing that whatever happens from day to day, amen, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has our back. Can somebody just tell the Lord, thank you for having your back? You, you, you may not think about it in a conscious way, but every day, you live. First of all, he gave you the day. Every minute of every day, of every hour of every day, it's the Lord Jesus who has your back. It's not the resources he blessed you with. It's not the folks in his, your life he blessed you with that love you. They're all good, but Jesus has your back. Amen. I want us to know that um, I'm encouraging brothers and sisters in Christ to remain spiritually steadfast in these chaotic days. Now, let me, let me quickly get on to the message, and I'm going to be through in just a few minutes. The Apostle Paul wrote two letters to the church folk uh, in the city of Corinth, and uh, we call them first, we call those letters First and Second Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I'm paraphrasing this now, I'm just paraphrasing, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul reminds the church family to stand firm in their faith in Jesus Christ because Jesus is the only one who can forgive their sins and save their souls. Paul tells the saints to, uh, that their natural bodies will one day be changed from corruptible to incorruptible. He says uh, they'll be changed from mortal to immortal. And he says that's going to happen because of the supernatural power that's only given to Jesus Christ. By the time we get to verse 58, Paul ends the chapter by encouraging the saints to be steadfast in their spiritual convictions. Paul says to the saints uh, that their labor, the labor is your, the time and effort that you put into serving the Lord. There's, there's labor and sometimes labor means work, but in this sense, labor means time and effort because there's labor and then there's the actual work itself. But he says your labor, the time and effort that you put into serving the Lord is not in vain. When you are spiritually steadfast, it's not a waste of your time. A reward is coming. There are rewards on this side and then there are greater rewards in the life to come. Church family and those who are friends of and, and our brothers and sisters in Christ, in these dark days, Christians must be spiritually steadfast. Now, what exactly does that mean? It means we must double down in believing that in every situation, Jesus Christ still has authority, dominion, and power over every person and everything. And if the la events of the last 45 days haven't shown you that God is still in control, I don't, I don't know what will, especially in this country. If you can't see the hand of God moving in things that are happening, 
even in the midst of this crisis, and I, I can't make you see. We, we got to double down in believing that Jesus Christ still has authority, dominion, and power over every person in every situation. Amen. We're not immune to the devastating and deadly impact of COVID-19, but the way we react and respond to the virus must be and should be different than an unsafe person because we are spiritually steadfast. We should trust science. Amen. We should trust. nothing wrong with us trusting science. Why? Because science comes from God. As you heard me say at the beginning of this service, all we know as human beings is what the Lord has allowed us. I, and I know there are many, many people who are in the natural world way smarter than I could ever be. My intelligence compared to theirs would make me look like an imbecile, and maybe I am. But I got enough spiritual sense to know whatever they think they know is only because God let them know it. We wouldn't know anything were it not for God. Amen. So, so we can trust science. Yes, we can. But our confidence, our confidence must always be in Jesus Christ. We have to believe that he's going to make all things right for us. Amen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 through 10, Paul wrote these words with confidence. He said, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet we're not crushed. He, he said, we are perplexed, but we're not in despair. He, he said, sometimes we're even persecuted, but we're never forsaken. We are struck down sometimes, but we're never destroyed. He says, uh, always carrying in our bodies the death of Jesus Christ so that the life of Jesus Christ may also be manifest in our bodies got to be spiritually steadfast church family i leave us with three ways we can live spiritually steadfast every day number one pray daily number one pray daily philippians 4 and 6 y'all know this one be anxious for nothing that means don't worry about anything you, you can get this you can get a little anxious sometimes you'll be a little little concerned a little might even be uh, uh depressed sometimes but what Paul is saying is, don't stay there. If you're saved now, you shouldn't stay in a constant state of worry or anger or despair or dis depression because that means you're not acknowledging that the, the, the one that's greater that's in you than the one in anything that's in the world. So he says, don't worry about anything, Philippians 4 and 6. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by what? Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. In other words, take it to God in prayer. Amen. So number one, pray daily. And let me just add this side note. When, when you pray, always start your prayer by acknowledging who Jesus is and then thank him for giving you another day. That, look, God doesn't owe us anything. So when, before, when you start your prayer, acknowledge that he's the king of kings, Lord of lords. He's the most high God. He's the only only living God, and then thank him for another day. Then go on and tell him what you want to tell him. Number two, praise daily. Number one is pray daily. Number two is praise daily. Psalm 64 verse 3 says, I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. Jesus, I'm going to praise you as long as I live. It don't matter where I started on my journey at, but once I came to know you, and you accepted me, and I accepted you. From this day forward, I'm going to praise you as long as I live, and Jesus, in your name, I'm going to lift up my hands. When you praise Jesus, 
Remind him of his goodness and thank him for it. When you praise the Lord, remind him of his goodness. Not only to you, just remind him of his goodness in general, general and then thank him for it. Well, what are you going to thank him for? Well, like I go back to what I said earlier, the, the saints of old used to say, uh, first of all, we can just thank him for waking us up this morning and starting us on our way. We can thank him for giving us a reasonable portion, amen, of health and strength. We can thank him for the food that we have to eat. No matter whether we cook it, buy it, get it, deliver it to us. If you got food to eat, give God glory. Thank him. We can thank him for having clean water. Church family, you don't know how important water is until you don't have it. Not just for your existence because we need to drink it, but you got to have clean water that you can use to wash clothes and, and keep your, yourself clean and, and clean water that needs to be used uh, for other types of purposes. So having water is not enough. There are folks in places in the world, they got water, but they can't use it because it's nasty, dirty, filthy water, and it, it's harmful to them. So thank God for food and clean water. We can thank God every day for the resources. What are your resources? The clothes you're wearing right now. The money you have, no matter how much or how little. If you got some, God gave it to you, thank him. Matter of fact, if you thank him for having a little, he might decide to bless you with more. Amen. Transportation. I don't care if you're riding in a hoopty. If your hoopty got you to church this morning, give God the glory. You don't know, maybe this Christmas under your tree might be a key. <laughs> and, and something else. Look, I ain't got to have a new car. I just got to have one newer than the one I'm driving. Amen. That's, that's all I need. Amen. But thank him for his resources. Thank him for employment. And if you're not employed and you don't need to be employed, thank him for retirement, Social Security, whatever it is. All that comes from the Lord. So number one is pray daily. Number two is praise daily. And the third way we can live spiritually steadfast is to practice living holy every day. Practice living holy every day. Galatians 2 and 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live, listen now, the life that I now live in the flesh. Why did he say that? He said that because we are all still in the flesh. He's not literally talking about flesh being sinful. He's saying we're still literally in these physical bodies right now in the flesh. The life I now live in the flesh, he says, I live by faith in the Son of God, listen, y'all, who loved me and gave himself for me. Practice living holy daily. None of us, none of us, least of all me, none of us can live holy by ourselves. That's why Jesus asked the Father to send us the Holy Spirit when he left earth. The Holy Spirit lives spiritually in each Christian, and the Holy Spirit will help us live holy if we ask for his help. Now, church family, you can override the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us spiritually, he don't take control of your life. No, he doesn't do that. He dwells within you. His, Jesus said he will remind us of what he taught, and he will tell us the things that the Father wants us to know. The Bible tells us there are gifts, spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit, and all nine of those, excuse me, the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and all nine of those individual fruit are fruit that has to do with our moral character. But unless you ask the Lord, the Holy Spirit to help you day by day, he's not going to take control. He'll remind you when you, he'll tell you not to do something wrong, but you still do it. But if you ask him to help you, he will. 
Because sometimes folk do make you want to say some things you ain't got no business saying. Amen? Sometimes you do get tempted to look at some stuff or listen to some stuff that you know really you, you, you shouldn't be listening to. Amen? So, some, sometimes you are tempted maybe to uh, look the other way when you know that you should be speaking up when you see an injustice. That's, that's all part of being human. But ask the Holy Spirit in that moment in time to strengthen you, tell you what to do, and then, and, and then give you the strength to do it. And I promise you that he will. I want to just end this message this morning uh, with a personal note on being spiritually steadfast. Um, late August, late August, uh, my doctor, one of my local doctors, said to me, Mr. Horsley, you have cancer. Julia was right there sitting in the car with me when he told me. And, um, of course, when you're told you have cancer, and, and, and many of you all can relate to this because you've already, you've had these experiences before, so some of you all can relate to what I'm about to say, but when you're told you have cancer, you don't immediately, you don't want to, first of all, you don't even want to hear those words because they're all kinds of negative things that come to your mind, but when you're saved, and you hear something that's devastating like that, you, you, you gotta make a choice. If not in that moment, quickly, sometime soon, you gotta make a choice. You know that the doctor is telling you what's true, but you also know that the doctor doesn't have the last word. Amen? You know what he's saying is true, but it's not the last word. So, so when the doctor told me I had cancer, I didn't panic. I'm not, I'm not painting myself to be super strong. I thought about it. I listened to it. About a minute went by, and, and, and I heard myself saying, God, I trust you. And then after I heard myself kind of saying, God, I trust you, I heard the Holy Spirit saying, the same God that was in control of your life just two minutes ago before he gave you that news is the same God that's in control of your life now that you've heard that news. Just keep on walking with him. I want to tell you, church family, I haven't, I haven't been afraid. I haven't been scared. I haven't been angry or depressed. Haven't been. Why? Because I trust the Lord. Why should I be immune to get cancer? I'm, I'm a black man, and the type of cancer that I have or had, because the doctors declared it, they've got it all, uh, that's common to black men, and I have a history of it in my family. So why should I consider myself to be immune? And sometimes, let me say this, church family, too. Sometimes things that happen to us when you're a Christian, they're not about us, and they're not for us. Let, 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 me, see, let me explain real quickly. In other words, yeah, you go through that process, that journey, that whatever it is, but it's that somebody else might be blessed by seeing how you walk through it, and God gets the glory. Because I'm not going to fail to tell anybody, I thank the Lord Jesus that I'm able to stand here in front of you today. I thank the Lord Jesus that the doctors say the surgery got all the cancer out of my body. I thank the Lord Jesus that even if they didn't get it all, Jesus still has my back. Jesus still has me. Amen. And like I said, I'm not saying anything that's so profound because some of you all have walked through and may be walking through the same thing right now. If it's not cancer, it could be something else. But what I'm going to encourage you today is be steadfast, remain spiritually steadfast, and know that God is with you. He is for you. The Lord Jesus Christ has already worked it out. What we have to be willing to do is be patient 
and walk every day with him. And when he's ready for the breakthrough or the change, it'll come, and I promise you, it'll be right on time, and he's going to give you just what you need day by day to sustain you in peace and joy until that time comes. Jesus is always our example of who we should want to be on this side of eternity because Jesus himself had to be spiritually steadfast. He came down out of heaven, the Bible says, through 42 generations and wrapped himself in, in, human, in human flesh. Why? So he could know exactly what we experience and be able to help us when we go through things. When Jesus, uh, at the last of his life, at the end of his three years of ministry, when Jesus was taken out of the Garden of Gethsemane, just before he was taken out and his flesh was wrestling against his spirit, Jesus first asked the Father to take away the cup. In other words, Lord, I don't want to go to the cross. Lord, if there's any way to take the cross from me, take it away. But then the steadfastness in him, being spiritually steadfast, he said, no, Father, let me stop saying that because it's not my will, but I want your will to be done. So he went on to Pilate's judgment hall. He went on to Herod's judgment hall. He was falsely accused in both places, but he stayed spiritually steadfast. He let them take him outside and, and whip him almost to death. Beat him, whipped him so bad with that cat and nine whip that the, the skin literally fell from his body. You could see his ribs, blood everywhere. Could have stopped at any time he wanted to, but he remained spiritually steadfast. They made Jesus carry a wooden cross that probably weighed no less than 250 to 300 pounds, made him carry it up Golgotha's hill on his way to Calvary. He didn't carry it all the way because the Bible tells us there was a man named Simon that came along and helped carry it part of the way. But Jesus, already almost near death, carried that cross all, almost all the way up that cross, up that hill by himself. But why did he do it? Because he was spiritually steadfast to his calling, which was to give himself so that he could save you and me. Jesus let those folks, those Roman soldiers, nail his hands and his feet to that cross. But he stayed there on that cross. He didn't have to. The Bible's clear. Anytime he wanted to, he could have called legions of angels to come to his rescue. But he didn't do it because he was spiritually steadfast. He let them pierce him in his side. And out came his blood and his water. Thank God for the blood of Jesus because there's power in the blood. There was power back in his day and there's still power today because it's the blood of Jesus that washes away the stains of your sin and my sin and why we're forgiven and why once we get saved, we know that heaven will be our home. Jesus was spiritually steadfast and he gave up his life. Those Roman soldiers and those, those, uh, those, those Jewish uh, priests and rabbis, they didn't kill Jesus. They thought they were killing him, but they didn't kill Jesus. Jesus gave up his life because he said on the cross, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And then he gave up the ghost. Jesus put, let them put him in a borrowed tomb, stayed there for three days. But early on that third morning, that Sunday morning that we call Easter now, Early on that Sunday morning, because he was spiritually steadfast, he got the reward that his father promised him. Why? Because he got up, got up from the dead, conquered death, got, broke away all the pain, broke away all the sin. He got up, and people saw him get up. People saw him rise and saw him walking around and being in the earth realm for another 40 days. So they know that he got up. The, the Roman soldiers and, and, and the priests, they knew that they had not killed him because he got up. And his father gave him what he promised. He gave him all power. 
Jesus said it before he went back to heaven. He said, all power is given unto me, both in heaven and in earth. Therefore, go ye and make disciples in my name. Spiritually steadfast. I, I don't know what the Lord has called you to do or what it is that you got, you've got something going on in your life that you need to be steadfast about, but I'm, I'm encouraging you today, no matter what happens, be steadfast. Be spiritually steadfast. Even on, and on the worst day, on the worst day as you're going through, pray. Praise the Lord. And, and, and do your best with the power, help of the power of the Holy Spirit to live holy day. You ain't going to be 100% every day. God's not looking for that. He's looking for you to have a heart that wants to do right and is willing to do what you can do to live holy. You do that. You'll be spiritually steadfast, and God will, God will, the Lord Jesus Christ will take care of you. And he'll take care of those you care about, too. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you once again for opportunity to just share with the church family and those who may be listening by some other means uh, what you gave me. And I pray that you are satisfied and pleased with the, the word that I shared today, because it's your word, Lord, and I hope I delivered it with clarity and conviction. Now, Lord Jesus, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice uh, who is not saved, who does not know you and the pardoning of their sins, I ask that if, there anybody, if there's anybody on this parking lot or anybody anywhere that listens now or may hear the message later, if you're not saved and the Holy Spirit is convicting you to give your life to Jesus, don't continue to hesitate, because we don't know when our last breath will come. Repeat this simple prayer after me to, to, to give your life to Jesus. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe you are the son of the living God. I believe you rose from the dead. Lord Jesus, I ask you now to be my personal Lord and Savior. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you're saved. Your soul is resting comfortably and securely in the hands of a God who will never let you go and nobody can take you out of his hands. Nobody can snatch you out. And uh, I just thank the Lord Jesus for being who he is and for loving all of us. Church family, again today, I'm so blessed to be back and so glad to see all of you all. And I continue to pray for you. I ask you to continue to pray for us. And I promise you all, we're going to make it through this thing. We're making it anyway. But better days are ahead. But what we've got to do, church family, and those who are body of Christ, wherever you are. We got to remain spiritually steadfast because we got to continue to set the example for the rest of the world that yes, we have faith and confidence in the ways of science to some extent, but our complete confidence, our, our complete trust and faith is in Jesus because we know he's in control of it all. Amen. I'm going to ask the, um, going to ask the, the musicians to give us a closing selection. And, I mean, excuse me, we're going to give us a, our final amen, and we'll, we'll be dismissed. Let the church say amen. Let me give you the benediction. And now may the Lord, may, may the, uh, and now may our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, Rest rooting about us henceforth and forevermore. Amen. Be blessed, church family. Be blessed, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Be blessed. Amen. Amen.